Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Gantry. My name is Joseph Esposito, and today we are joined by Adrian Layer, former Melbourne Victory player, captain, Socceroo, and someone's played in, I believe, four countries now. So, Adrian, how are you going? Well, yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate, not bad. A bit cold, getting, trying to get used to this weather, <laughs> but that time of the year, but um, how's things been? Adidas and stuff? Yeah, good. It's um, Obviously, I've transitioned out of professional sport now, so yep. it's... Um, it's been relatively smooth and something I'm really enjoying and still involved uh, with Melbourne Victory in the sponsorship um, sector. So, um, no, it's going well. Must be like nice being somewhere like close to home in terms of Melbourne Victory. Yeah, I mean, it was good for me. My priority was getting my family home mm-hmm. uh, from Asia and getting set up and ready to get my, my, uh, my eldest into primary school at the end of this year. So, um, back to Melbourne where the family is and, uh, yeah, it's good to be home. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, look, we'll... We won't start here, we'll kind of go all the way, I guess, back to the beginning when things sort of started for you uh, in a professional sense. Um, in the, I believe you started with Melbourne Knights in the last year of the, the NSL. Um, so, because prior to that you were at the Vic Institute of Sport and um, I believe, did you have a short stint trial overseas in the UK? Yeah, so it was, I was at the... Sorry, I'm taking you back a bit. No, 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 that's all right. I was at the Institute of Sport um, from about the age of 14 and... Um, that's where I first met Ernie Merrick, who had a uh, had a huge impact on my career. And um, <coughs> after it was the under seventeen World Cup, I um, was lucky enough to sign at, at Melbourne Knights, which um, I had an opportunity to go to South End Knights, and just thought Knights was the better one for me at the time, more opportunity to play. Um, and fortunately, it was a great decision because I went and played the majority of the the last season of the NSL and. Um, in terms of experience and, and what it taught me, it was just huge just to, you know, be a, I think I was 17, 18 still at school and being in a first team environment, traveling on weekends, um, playing National League, you know, the Croatian community. Um, it was just a really good place to learn and, and see how, it, you know, what, what real football was. And, um, you know, those times are special and I, I always, you know, look back on them and, uh, you know, they were, they were a fun time. Yeah. So I guess, as you said, like when you were young, it was exciting. It was like your first proper setup in a professional environment, like a team and stuff. But kind of looking back now, and like the old NS, obviously, it went under. Was there probably signs then when you were playing, like within the league, that kind of looked like, yeah, like it's about to go? Yeah. Well, I think we all knew that it was it was On wrapping way, up. Yeah. Um, and obviously, having had the experience I've had since, um, the professionalism of Melbourne Victory and, and other clubs that I played for, you could see that it was um, not at that level. Um, so it was, you know, it was a fantastic experience. And then, as you touched on before, the, there was a bit of a lull there between the, the NSL and the, and the A-League. And I went um, over to Everton with Christian Sarkis on trial. Um, and it was when we were there that Ernie Merrick rang, rang us both actually at the same time and said, I want you guys to be uh, some of my first signings, so it was, um, yeah, we were pretty over the moon to get that, that done and get home and, um, you know, have a, you know, step into the unknown of what the A-League could have become and has become, and um, it was exciting to sort of be there from the start of that journey. Yeah, so was it as professional as what you expected? Because obviously really early, well, I mean, the league probably still is in teething stages in comparison to other leagues in terms of uh, time, so was it as professional as what you'd hoped, or I guess looking back now? I think the, the the lucky thing for us was that we had Ernie who was from the Institute of Sport, so he had always, from the age of 14, 15, we'd been, you know, we'd been 
educated really well on how to look after yourself, how to prepare, how to recover, um, all of those things which you'd expect from the Institute. Um, and they'd tapped into other, other codes. So, you know, we'd do the same stuff as, you know, the Olympic swimmers would do and things like that. So we, from that perspective, Ernie always um, had a, a main focus on that side of things. Um, so, you know, while the facilities and everything probably weren't um, to the level they are now, um, there was always an eye on, on what we could do and how we could become better. Okay, so with, as you said, obviously Ernie's probably someone that's had a big you know, influence on your career. Um, and I think you won the, like the young player of the, the year, uh, that like the first se- second season. Yeah. Um, obviously you had the move after that to the UK, talking about how even someone like Ernie, uh, Ernie sorry, um, how important do you feel was his influence in preparing you for that next stage and obviously moving to the UK? Yeah, he was, the thing that I liked about Ernie the, the most is probably his, um, the way of educating you off the field and he, he guided me, you know, from a 15 year old. Um, so he knew you, you weren't just another player. Yeah, like obviously, you know, I was driving up and down the freeway from Geelong every day for training and, and he guided me, you know, through my schooling and emphasised how important my schooling was and um, sort of emphasised how important it was getting your life off the field in place before before your football. and. Um, you know, I was, you know, looking back now, when I went to the UK, I was, I think I was 21, or it was just after my 21st birthday, and, um, you know, it's quite young to sort of go to the other side of the world into a, you know, stepping from the A-League to the English Premier League was, it was a huge step, and um, at the time, you probably don't appreciate how big it is, but, you know, looking back, I, I realise, um, you know, how, how huge that was, and I, I, I did have a good um, foundation behind me through my time at Victory and um, VIS and under Ernie and um, but I think looking back now I probably went um, too high. Like, yeah, I, I was going to ask was it too too big too soon? Sort of yeah thing? The, the, the jump was was too big for me straight away. In what um, way? Just going to the Premier League like it's just such a cutthroat league and they you know what they were what they'd spent on me was you know pennies right. compared to what they were spending on other guys and so you, you sort of you just get on the chain and, and if you're good enough you make it and if not they just sort of spit you out so um, looking back I probably should have gone a little lower but you know you're 21 you're offered a, a dream you know my yeah. dream was always to play in the English Premier League and um, while I got close I never quite got there but yeah. that's uh, that's life and that's football yeah well, as you said obviously they pretty cutthroat um, so you spent a stint with Fulham and Norwich um, obviously you said it didn't go as you would have hoped was that a big pill to swallow. Um, not really. Like, obviously, I went over with high hopes, and at the time, I was pretty. I suppose when I came back, I was pretty. I'd lost probably a lot of confidence. Um, I during my time there, I got very homesick. Um, you know, you're pretty lonely. I'd, I'd ring. I used to ring mum and dad every day on the way to training. Whereas when you live here, you yeah. ring them once a week, yeah. if that. Um, so it sort of. I think the the stuff away from the football, um, you know, people don't realise how hard it is just to, to pack up and go over there and make a real impact. And um, I, I suppose for me, I found the hardest thing I found was playing first team football in Australia. Um, at that time, we were playing in front of forty, fifty thousand almost every week at Etihad. We mm. just won a championship. It was you know the Fine, highlight, yeah. highlight of my my life in my football career and. Um, 
you know, I was sort of thrust into action over there. 200, 200 people on a Wednesday night playing reserves. Like it was hard to, Freezing cold, yeah. it was hard to make that change. Um, but look, looking back, living in London was, was amazing. Um, as a footballer, I did learn a lot and develop. Um, I just missed that real um, week to week first 11 action, which I think at that age I probably needed. And mm-hmm. um, Hence the reason I ended up coming back to victory around that time. Yeah, so you got the call, to obviously the opportunity to come back. How did, because you came back and did relatively well during your, time, um, your second stint there, looking back now, how important was that learning curve in the UK? Maybe even, it's not just a football, like as a person moving forward. Yeah, it was, I think it, it really helped me probably prepare for my second stint overseas. Um, I, you know, like I, I walked away from a significant contract in in England. I still had another year in my contract, and it was it was good. It was good money, um, but I'd would fallen out of love with the game. Like I just wasn't enjoying training, playing, um, or anything like that. So, you know, to get back to get back to Melbourne, the support of my family, um, we had a we had a really good year that year, and lost in the grand final on penalties. So that was that was really hard to take. Um, and it still hurts me now, but um, look, just to get, just to get back to the club, you know, like the I developed personal friendships and, and family friendships um, from the start, and I'm still friends with those people today. And they're pretty still close there. to Lee Broxy. Yeah, Broxy, but also um, you know guys on the board and guys okay, in yeah. the office, and um, you know just people around the club. It's a really inclusive club, and you know just having that again was was really nice and and just to get those connections back was um you know pretty important as well well so when you came back how much had the game sort of changed during that period being away Um, because it was a pretty um almost like dangerous time for the a-league that period where you know it was like almost like a sink or swim situation where like crowds crowds were down yeah um the league like television and stuff so how did was there a big difference yeah i I mean i i didn't find the difference was huge um I think the league. I think the league, as you said, it's it's relatively new compared to leagues around the world. But and it has it's ha- it has its peaks and troughs. Um, at the moment, I think it's in a, a trough, uh-huh. um, and it's now with, with the independent A league and everything. It's it's a it's a very important time for the for the game. And um, but I think what we need to remember that we've sort of ridden through this before, and that the game is stronger than any individual. Um, it's just important that we get the right people in the right places and um, keep keep growing the game so it, it um, you know it can get back to those levels where you see your 40 and 50,000 people watching Victory vs Sydney or Victory mm-hmm. vs Adelaide and um, you know people back then that's all they'd talk about it was it was awesome to be involved in so um, it's definitely it's definitely there to, to get back to that level um, I think the next probably three to five years um, can really determine just how, big, just, how, just how big we can get it with the expansion and then the independent A-League, what we can pay players, um, how, how can, which players we can attract. Uh-huh. Um, I think that stuff from now on is very important. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So back to yourself um, with everything that had happened in the past. Uh, did you feel prepared when you were um, asked to become club captain? Um, how big was that? Yeah, that was... Uh, I don't know if I was ready. Um, Muskie was the obvious captain and then there was not really anyone behind him who was, was probably obvious and um, you know I, I, sometimes I look back at that time as well and think what would have I, I 
what could have I done differently? Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> I think, you know, also the the leadership from the coaches, I found it very um, different from when I first started to when Ange took over. That was that job became a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I mean, in terms of my development, I think it was fantastic. And, you know, I think, I don't know how old I was when I took over, maybe 20 five or yeah, I don't know it's a pretty young 20, captain like 24 yeah. even I yeah. don't know so I was, I, was, I was pretty young um I took a lot of pressure put a lot of pressure on myself um throughout that period with um you know Dirac Dirac and Jilton um and I had a pretty bad year with injury as well and I think I just I just took I took a lot of weight on my own shoulders um and you know looking back i probably didn't need to but it's just what you do and i love the club and you just want the club to do well so um yeah could i've done things differently definitely but um i think you know it was a massive learning curve for me and you know i've always seen myself as a leader ever since i was i was a young kid and always did through my whole career so it's just a it's sort of a natural part of my game and um and I, I do enjoy it as well. Yeah. Did that change much when, um, like, you were when Milligan became captain? Was that was that uh, like a tough pill to swallow? No, it wasn't. Um, it was actually, I actually spoke to Mills the year before about giving up the captaincy because I right. had had such a rough year with injury, um, and I wasn't sure if I could get back. But um, you know, at that point, I just thought, no, it's you know, I've earned I've earned the right to do it, and um, and I, I enjoyed captaining under Ange and. I had a good good conversation with Ange and he said, I just want you to concentrate on yourself and um, you know worry about your own football. And, and probably from that moment, I, I released a lot of pressure and I probably played my best football I had for a long time. And, um, won a title? Well, I left just before yeah. I won the title. Oh, um, right, okay. Yeah, yeah so that was, that was another one which was hard to do. But yeah, um, <coughs> yeah I think, you know, Ange sort of, he guided me pretty well, and I, I really like Andrew. Really respect him. Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, and you know, he he sort of advised me to let go of the captaincy. And um, yeah, looking back, I it was a I was I was fine with it, um, and it, it, it enabled me just to, to worry about playing well. And um, I think my form improved a lot after that. Okay, so the decision to move on, um, how did that come about, and was there? Were you, you know, in a bit way, you know, scared of in the terms of what had happened before, like you'd gone overseas and hadn't gone well? Um, was that something that that obviously played a big part in the decision to go? Um, was it like you wanted to prove something? Or? No, I had nothing to prove. I just, I always said that I didn't really want to go to Asia, um, and I had an agent that was sort of bugging me for a couple of weeks, and I just ignored him because I was, I didn't really know who he was. Um, and then via another player, he said, oh, this guy's really keen to get you. He's got something for you. So I contacted him, um, had a really good offer from China. Um, and just, I spoke to a couple of people and I think within, like, I, did, I hadn't even told my wife at the time because I just knew that there's was, there was always a bit of, you know, uncertainty around these things. Mm-hmm. And I think within a week it was decision day and, um, was that hard to do to leave the club? Oh, it killed me. Yeah, it killed me. Um, you know, so I sat down with Muskie and told him, and he he sort of just said, "Look, it's a in terms of your family. Like, I just had a young young girl, mm-hmm. and he's like, it's something that will just set you up for life." Um, so 
I knew we were going to win the premiership. Like we had a really good team. We were yeah. top of the table. We were flying. Um, I spoke to the chairman, and you know we got quite emotional as well. Um, but it was, I think, for me and my family, it was just a decision that I, I had Could, had yeah. to do. Um, it was almost taken out of my hands because of what was put on the table. And um, so next thing, I think, you know, within the first discussion to when I was sitting in China was probably about eight days, and there I was, new club, new country, and wow, um, yeah. a fascinating part of the world. Yeah, right. So the game. Well, just before I get on to Asia. Um, just kind of put two and two together. So you played under some pretty important coaches in terms of like Australian football history. You said like Ernie Merrick, um, Ange, and Musket, even um, Gus, the period um, in the World Cup. Um, with Musket, I mean, he's, he, seemed, he was always, a, a, I guess people either hated him or loved him. Um, what sort of impact did he have on you, I guess, because you went from playing with him to being to playing under him. So like, what was that like in terms of how, him as a person, as a coach? Yeah, it was <coughs> um, when when Muskie came to the club, he, he sort of took myself and you know Broxy, um, Christian Sarkis, us younger boys, under his wing. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed us how to train. Like he was he was such a good leader and, and such a good, just a, a really good guy to to sort of have in your corner. And um, I think he he probably saw that we were the ones that were prepared to work and listen and respect okay. him and respect you know. The wider wider playing group, um, you know, we didn't we didn't complain. We just sort of got on things, got on with things as young boys um, should, um, and then that sort of developed into a, a, a proper friendship. And you know, we won titles together and trophies together, and um, you know, had some really good times. And um, and then yeah, and then then it was as he moved to an assistant, you sort of had to try and just distance yourself a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, he probably found that harder than what we did because we still had each other, but he was sort of left on his own. Um, and then when he became coach, it was almost, uh, I tried to, I, I often didn't feel comfortable talking to him in front of other players. Like you'd, all, you'd always be like, oh, you know, they're gonna think we're mates and we're chatting yeah. because we're mates or yeah, we're not talking yeah. football and things like that. So there was always that element. It's difficult, like it's hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah in the back of your mind. So like that, that friendship um, became distant, like it didn't really exist anymore. Okay. Um, but then once, and that's something that as soon as I sort of agreed to go back to China, that friendship came back and um, you know, I still speak to Muskie now every couple of weeks, and um, you know, I spoke to him throughout his decision to to, to move on from victory and, and things like that. So he's someone who you know mentored me throughout my career, and someone that I'll you know be yeah. friends with now yeah. with for, for a long time. Yeah, so, uh, so with Asia, um, obviously had the stint in China and then with Suwon um, in Korea. How does it differ the Asian game? Like how forward thinking is it compared to here? Yeah, I wouldn't say forward. Yeah, forward thinking is probably not the right word. Um, but like, how does it differ in, in terms of obviously Japanese league, Korean league, they're pretty like substantial leagues now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play in Japan, which um, is probably the league you want to play in, mm-hmm. especially if you're young. I think if you're a young player and you get an opportunity to go to Japan, that's where you want to go. Um, I'd advise young players to probably... You need to be prepared before you go to Korea. It's a very physical, tough league. Mm-hmm. Mentally, it's very draining. Um, it's like preseason is just a killer. Um, and China, 
I wouldn't recommend anyone go there unless they're going for um, a pay packet, basically. To be really? honest, to be honest, it's China. China is um, you pretty much, and, and I, I suppose I was lucky because I think I went to the most difficult place first. Okay. Um, yep. Going going to Chongqing, which is in the middle of China. Um, you know, you just have to look after yourself. Um, you know, you've obviously got food issues, you've got um, pollution issues, you've got travel issues, um, language barrier. Yeah. Um, there's, so much, there's so much that you need to adapt to. Um, but I, I sort of found that experience in China sort of set me up to go to Korea and, and have a good time in Korea. And, um, you know, I look back at China and I'm like, that was an unbelievable experience and yeah. something I'll, I'll always... You'd like I'll be forever grateful for it, um, but then Korea—it's probably a place where I look back and think, you know, that was an awesome place to live. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome place to bring up my kids. They—they um, they love it. They miss it. They keep asking me to go yeah. back, um, which kills me because I retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, Korea—you can you can live a really good life mm-hmm. whereas China um, it's more difficult yards, difficult yeah. off the pitch yeah. um, as a game is there, would you say there's anything we can learn from like, even, I guess even like the Korean game yeah I think I think I used to be when I first went to especially Korea um, I used to think oh they train too much they're too demanding it's ridiculous um, all of this stuff because I from from your time in Australia, it's like they're so so sports science. It's so tick the box. It's so you can't do extra training. You mm-hmm. got to do this. You got to do this. Um, and I sort of feel like we need to go back to that. Not not as much. Mm-hmm. I think they do too much there. But we just need to go back to the. You know, teaching our young kids how to train hard, um, yeah. how to be, you know, physical because Australians are naturally that's the way yeah, we are. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone talks about you know systems and all this stuff but we're play built strengths, we're yeah. built on playing you know that play to your strengths um and i think sometimes we just need to go away from that you know that real sports science element of it and um just learn how to train hard again and work hard mm-hmm. and um you know you see the way especially in the asian champions league the korean teams come here and they beat us up Batters, and, yeah. and that shouldn't that's not what we're about like you know australian teams traditionally should be the stronger of mm-hmm of um in in that code so um things i took away from there were just you know they know how to train and they just get on with it and, yeah um yeah you've got no choice <laughs> hard work yeah so well, i guess um the decision to retire um how did it come about was it it's kind of was it you know you were sick of copping the knocks or sick of doing like you said they'll train like there's no tomorrow was it just kind of get to a point where you're like i've had enough like yeah yeah, I, I had I had plantar fasciitis in my left foot um, for about twelve months, and I couldn't couldn't whatever I did I couldn't get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so in the last the last season I ripped it in I ripped it on the second day of preseason, um, but didn't fully rip it, and then I got up for I got up for round I think I played the first three rounds ripped it again. Missed seven games. I just had a really yeah. bad start to the year in terms of that plantar fasciitis. I couldn't get it right, and I was sick of playing in pain. Like I couldn't run, I couldn't jog, I couldn't mm-hmm. warm up. Um, I hobbled around on the pitch, um, 
and then I got to a point where I could sort of train reasonably and play reasonably mm-hmm. um, and ended up doing my syndesmosis so that required surgery so I, I came back came back to Australia for surgery um, it was meant to be a three month injury mm-hmm. um, so that's when I did an internship at Adidas did an internship at Geelong Cats um, and then went back and I just couldn't get it right because the, the medical team over there wasn't sort of at the level that um, it is here um, so after that it was uh, I pretty much got a phone call from Jimmy Tansy because I'd spoken to him who was in my chair here at Adidas um, and he said look they were, they were impressed with you during your internship I'm going to retire um, if, you're, if you're thinking about retiring I think you should put your hat in the ring so as soon as I mentioned that to the wife it was, um, <laughs> it was, it was time to come home um, so I mean I still had another year of my contract and um, we sort of just we both made the decision just to put the family first and get home get the kids ready for school and yeah. um, here we are yeah is it a hard thing to do in terms of you know at the start of your career you're a young kid like you know you've got no one telling you what to do in terms of you know the decisions that you want to make is it is it harder when you've got like you know family involved um, yes and no um, I wasn't under any pressure from my wife to come home um, we'd done four years in Asia which was a fair slog and you know like m- my second daughter was born and I flew home for two days for the birth and then flew straight back oh. so it was probably hardest on my wife than anything um, I had football as my release and she didn't really have much mm-hmm. um, so how good has it been with her just being so as you said like open to what you wanted to do with your career yeah so it was like she'd been there since we started dating when I was in year 11 at Melbourne Knights. Okay. So yeah. she knew the way I was, she knew the way I prepared, mm-hmm. how anal I was with everything. Um, so she sort of, she always just let me do what I had to do. Yep. Um, <coughs> so I think from that point of view, I was, I was pretty lucky. Um, but yeah, just to, I think if I was in Australia, I, I'd probably, I wouldn't have retired. I would have had the medical support to get me up again and get me to yeah. to the level I, I wanted to. Um, but I, I've said I've said before to people as well when I when I decided to leave Australia to go to China, I I almost decided at that time that I wouldn't play in the A League again. Mm-hmm. I thought that I'd you know I've had two stints there, um, you know, been relatively successful. After this period in China, I'd have too much to lose. So that's when I decided. Um, after Asia, I'd be done. Yeah, was it uh, odd? Just like, you know, one day you're a professional footballer, as you've been for the however many years, and then the next day you're not. Is it kind of a, is it a weird transition? Um, I, I think I was pretty lucky. Two, two things I think I was lucky with. I think my injury, having the injury helped me because yeah. I'd had so much downtime throughout that 12 months to process, just process it in my head, um, that it wasn't like an instant, oh, you're playing this week, next week mm-hmm. you're not. Um, and, and the other thing I was lucky with, I, I retired on, no, I got the job offer on Christmas Eve. I called my club on the 28th of December and told them I wasn't gonna come back and then I started work on the 7th of Jan. So like, oh, I, so it was a straight back. It was like, a, and, and I was straight in here and I was under the pump and. Um, was it tough to transition? Oh no, I was ready. Like I, yeah. I, I just, uh, like Adidas is an awesome company to work for and, and I'm working in sport. Um, you know, sometimes I had I have had periods where I'm like, 
I could still play at that level, like I know mm-hmm. I could, but um, I think sometimes you just got to be a bit realistic and just be like, you know what, you had a good run, mm-hmm. um, you, you've landed in a good role, now just, you know, focus on the next part of your career. Yeah, fair enough. So, like, why, um, why did you decide to, I guess, play on anyway in the NPL? Like, why? I mean, it might sound like a stupid question because you've played the game your whole life, but yeah. <laughs> um, as you said, like, you know, you had injuries at the back end and the rest. Um, was it just, is it just that enjoyment factor now? So, I... I reckon when I retired, I had probably 10 clubs contact me and, I, up, yeah. and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. Yeah. One of my best mates is assistant at Dandy City and he was like, come play with us and I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I was adamant I wasn't going to do it. Um, then I got to the mid-season period and they, Dandy City, who I'm with now, they were really struggling. Um, my mate reached out again and said, we're looking at a couple of A-League guys, um, uh-huh. one being Carl Valeri, who I played with for a short period but mm-hmm. I wish I played with more yeah. um, and it just sort of evolved after I had a discussion with Carl and we pretty much just said to each other are we going to do this if, yeah. are we gonna yeah. do it? <laughs> if, if you do it I'll yeah, do it yeah 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 um, and then Santa, like Brendan Sandler he's another awesome guy yeah uh, we'd spoke to him and we all sort of just said let's let's do it let's try and get him out of, out of relegation which is what they wanted yeah um, Sammy's like I was a groomsman at his wedding mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. His father-in-law was a president at Dandy City. Okay. Um, so it all just sort of it all just sort of fell into place, and um, I was really enjoying it until I got I got kicked in the head and yeah. copped a few stitches. But um, and now it's good because we're we're safe and we're like we'll be okay or we'll stay in the, the top yeah. league, which is what they wanted. Yeah. No. Fair enough. So has it been? Um. So his last few questions. Um. Yeah. What's it like walking to that environment now? Um, and you know, obviously, having the, like the kids looking, at, like the younger players looking up to yourself, Carl and Brandon. What's that like? Is it, or is it something you obviously you were used to in, towards the back end of your career? Yeah, I mean, it's <coughs> we sort of we went in there and we wanted those like straight away. We sort of said to those guys, like, don't view us as anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're at this level now. Like, that's where we see ourselves. And I think. Yeah. <coughs> Where a lot of players go wrong, they put themselves above that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that's our level now, and um, we're we're there to help. So, um, you know, if it, we said to the younger guys, if you want advice, come get yeah. advice from us. But I think the general, like it's been the thing that I've enjoyed the most is, is probably the older guys um, because they're probably a bit more open. Like they were, yeah. they were so down in the dumps. The club was. Like looking like they're going to get relegated, though a few of these older guys were like, "I'd made a decision. This would be my last yeah. year of football." Um, and then I think the whole vibe of the club just sort of changed. We start, we got a couple of wins on the board, and um, you know these guys are like, "Oh, we're so excited just to play with you guys." And mm-hmm. um, you know, without sounding no, no, yeah, I know like, saying, yeah. like an idiot. Yeah. Um, it was just it was just nice that those guys sort of got that buzz again, and the, the mm-hmm. team was able to lift. And I think I think we've. I think we lost one in ten um, yeah. since then. It's just it's been really good. The boys yeah. are buzzing, and they're they're a really good bunch of boys, right. and um, it's it's been fun. Yeah, nice. Well, um, just to finish off, um, again, it might sound like a bit of a stupid question, but kind of looking back, are you kind of proud of like everything you've achieved? Is there any any regrets? Um, I think I am proud, but I think um, just the type of person I am, and and I think to be able to have 
the relative success that I had, you always want more, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just that's just natural. Um, I think it's part of being just part of being an athlete, and, and the guys that sort of can have those sustained careers always want more and are always striving for more. And um, there's there's things like you know. I've got one Socceroos cap that that kills me. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas, but at the same time, to represent your country alone is yeah. Incredible. I mean, yeah. I went to the Olympics and I went to a couple of Youth World Cups, and um, but and I think if if I was young and you said to me you have one Socceroos cap, I probably would have taken it. Yeah. But you, when you sort of been through that system, you're like, Shit, I probably should have had a few more. or yeah. I Could have had a few more. Um, so things like that are, are things that um, sometimes get to you. But look, I think. Um, it's nothing that's going to have you pull up. No, I've won an A-League championship and, and that's probably my highlight. Um, you know, representing my country at the Olympics, which is something as a kid that's all I wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I've got to be, you know, satisfied and, and lucky that I had a long career because a lot of guys get cut short through injury and, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get injured towards the end and, and uh yeah so um just the last question just something you touched on then um you said you know you've been injury free you've had a good run um what do you kind of attribute it to you know like why as you said i'm sure you would have as i've, I've spoken to people before but i'm sure you would have played with guys that you thought this guy's going to go somewhere and i don't know when they're not playing anymore or their career kind of falls into a lull um what is it you know not talking yourself up at all but what is it about yourself do you think that's you know allowed you to have the career that you had yeah, I think, uh, and 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 like this is this is probably what I'm proudest of because I was never the best player. Like I've never been the best player, and I, I never will be. Um, you know, my technique wasn't great, but I think I just did everything right um, in terms of preparation, food, hydration, stretching. Um, you know, your, your core training, your gym training. Um, you know, went through large periods in my career where I didn't drink and, and, and things like that. So um, that's probably, you know, that's probably why um, I was fortunate to have a career. Um, and, you know, like people don't see, like when I was in Korea and how demanding it was, I'd do, I'd wake up um, in the morning, do an ice bath, 10 minutes at home. I bought myself a freezer to do ice baths. <laughs> I'd do it every night before I went to bed. Um, you know, like your wife's just like, you're mad. <laughs> but just stuff like that. Little things, yeah. yeah. little things that people don't see and I, I think it's the ones, and, and the ones that have the long careers are the ones that do that stuff and people people don't hear about it. Um, so I think, you know, for, I don't know if there's any kids that listen to your show, but um, it's the ones that, you know, avoid the parties when they're young, they don't drink, they don't, you know, eat shit food all the time. Um, you know, I see a lot of guys now in the NPL who are very talented players and a lot of them sort of complain that they didn't make it, but you're like, you know, when it mattered, you weren't doing the things that you had to do. So, were, um, yeah. so don't don't whinge that you haven't made it. So um, yeah, I think look, it's it's hard work. It's it's demanding, and um, maybe I retired probably a year or two early because I used I had to do absolutely everything to keep myself out there, and um, that's probably what makes me the proudest of everything. Yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. Well, mate, that is all for today. So thank you very much. That is Adrian Layer there. Adrian, thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Cheers. <laughs>